Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. Okay, we read a little bit of the Bible this morning. We're going to read just a few verses, more than usual, but uh, I don't know if you know, this is church and it's okay to read the Bible. If you don't have a Bible, we can hook you over to free Bible after, go pass by the Connect tent, we'll give you a free Bible. Uh, you can share with the person next to you if they're generous and kind and you're sitting t- next to a nice person. If you're single and they're single, come on BJ. Okay, Acts chapter 3. <laughs> Acts chapter 3. <laughs> I'm kidding. Acts chapter 3. Okay, if you don't have a Bible or you're watching online, we're going to put it up on the screens everywhere as well. All right, are we ready to read? Yes. Acts chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. The word of the Lord says this. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate to ask alms for those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, of Nazareth rise up and walk come on somebody and he took him by the right hand and raised him up and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong and leaping up he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with him walking and leaping and praising God and all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Verse 11, while he clung to Peter and John, all the people, utterly astounded, ran together to them in the portico called Solomon's. And when Peter saw it, he addressed the people, men of Israel, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us as though by our own power or piety we have made him walk? The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers glorified his servant, somebody say Jesus, Jesus. whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate when he had decided to release him. But you denied the holy and righteous one and asked for a murderer to be granted to you and you killed the author of life whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses. Verse 16 is the last verse we're going to read. If you have a Bible, I want you to underline it. It's the one we're going to focus on. Highlight it, underline it, make a note of it. Verse 16. And his name. Come on, somebody. And his name. By faith in his name has made this man strong whom you see and know and the faith that is through Jesus has given the man this perfect health in the presence of you all come on how good is God right there 
we're going to talk about the power of the name of Jesus. Amen. If last week we talked about failures in our past, this morning as we kick off week two of By Faith, I want to talk about fears in our present. Fears in our present. Week two of this series, By Faith, we're kicking it across every service, every location that's watching, wherever you're at, we're doing this series together. Today we're talking about fears in our present. I titled this message, Walk It Out. Walk it out. Why don't you high five four people around you and tell them, walk it out, walk it out. Walk it out, walk it out. Now walk it out. <laughs> we're gonna pray. We got about 24 minutes and then we're gonna worship G. Anybody love our worship team? I wanna worship one more time. By the way, by the way, if you've missed Wednesdays, you have missed something special. This is the last Wednesday that we're gonna gather, at least for this month of January. We'll go back to first Wednesday starting in February, but you need to be here Wednesday night. Wednesday night was powerful. People got healed, people got delivered, people got set free. We laid hands almost on the whole church. You gotta be here on Wednesday nights. This Wednesday, I know it's gonna be amazing. Um, walk it out. Let's pray and then we'll worship Jesus one more time. Amen? Come on. Father, we thank you. We love you. Thank you for this cold morning in Miami. Thank you for this day. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. God, better is one day in your courts than a thousand days elsewhere. Thank you for every single person in your house. Thank you for every service we're going to have, every person that's going to connect and watch online. Thank you for loving people like us. We don't earn it. We can't deserve it. There's nothing we can do, but you've been kind and good to us and for that we love you and we thank you open up our eyes to see who jesus is because the better we see you the better we'll live by faith in jesus name and all of calvary says yeah. come on all of calvary says yeah. can you make some noise for jesus one more time come on come on tom several years ago the reader's digest published the story of a man named nick who worked in railroad boxcars. Nick was a strong man, he was a tough man, everybody knew who Nick was, but Nick had a default to him because Nick was a chronic worrier. Always feared things, was always worrying. And one day he was working in a refrigerated boxcar, and while he was working, they sent all the workers home that day early, and they locked up his boxcar, leaving him locked in. Nick, he began to panic. Nick grew fearsome of what could happen, and he began to bang on the door of the boxcar. He started to scream till he lost his voice. He was, he was going crazy, and he realized that nobody was hearing him. He didn't have signal on his cell phone. He couldn't do anything, and he began to think, I know I'm in a refrigerated boxcar, and I am going to freeze to death. As hours passed, he began to get more fearful, more afraid, and his body began to get cold. He began to freeze. He found a small cardboard and something to write on it, and he began to write, I'm freezing, my body is numb. These may be my last words. The next morning, as the workers came into the yard and they opened up this specific boxcar, they did find his lifeless body in a corner. He lost his life. But the crazy part of the story is that the refrigerated box car was never connected. It was disconnected. And what happened to Nick was that he actually literally scared himself to death. Wow. Nick lost his life 
fearing the worst, and fear got the best of him. There is something in the human experience that every single one of us cannot escape, and that is fear. At some point in our life, whether you are young, whether you are in the middle age or advanced, life will shock you. Life will hit you, and you are going to be confronted with fear. You can't escape it. You can be the baddest, the toughest, the strongest, the wisest, the most intelligent, but life will, will shock you. And at some point, you will be afraid. You can't escape fear. What we do with fear is absolutely important. And one of the issues that happens with fear is that fear creates false conclusions. That's the problem that we have in our life. You're confronted with fear, and now all of a sudden, has it ever happened to you that you start thinking of how the story's going to end, and it hasn't even started? Oh, come on. We play the movie credits before the movie previews. You ever on the way to work and you're like, if my boss tells me one more thing, this thing is going to, I'm going to lose my job today. I'm going I'm to give it to him. He's going to hear it from me. And your boss isn't even at work that day. You worked yourself up in the car and you get to the workplace and there ain't no problem. But fear begins to play a movie in our mind and all of a sudden we get a false conclusion. That's it. I already know how this story is going to end. I already got the doctor's report. My wife already told me what it is. I already see the way my kids are going. And we make these false conclusions all because of fear. Now, the problem with fear is that it prevents us in our present from doing all that God has for us. Fear stops us. It limits us. I don't do things because I'm afraid. I don't step out because I'm scared. Fear, it has us stuck in a prison. And now we can't step out and dare to believe God for more. We're stuck in this situation. I'm scared of what may happen with my job. I'm scared of what may happen with my family. I'm scared of what people may think if I actually join a connect group. And fear prevents you from stepping out from all that God has for you. I may go to my family and tell them I joined the connect group. And they're like, you joined the cult? Come on, how many know we got family members that don't believe in Jesus, don't know about God, and, and you're afraid if I even bring up that I went to church this morning, they're going to look at me like I'm crazy. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And so fear just keeps you always on the shores and never swimming in the deep of all that God has for you. And you're like that person that goes to the beach and at the shore, you see all your friends down deep in the ocean, but you never get to experience what the water's like. You never get to experience what being full and immersed of God's spirit's like because fear has you on the edge. But 2023, Calvary, we're going to live by faith. We're going to go into the deep end. Come on, we're going to, the, the kingdom needs people with daring faith. The kingdom needs people that believe God we need people that expect miracles we need people that say I know God will I know God can I know God is able I know he can heal I know he can deliver I know he can save I know he can I wonder if we got any people that want to walk by faith in 2023 come on slap three people around you and tell them by faith Come on, the men and women that God used in Scripture were people who believed God for miracles. You got to throw away your reputation. You got to throw away what people may think. And you got to say, I may look like a fool, but I'm going to believe God. This is going to be the best year of my life. In spite of the doctor's report. In spite of what family says. In spite of my presence. Come on, it's by faith. By faith. 
author and leader of Promise Keepers, he wrote this about his own stagnant faith at some point in his life. Ken Harrison said, Christian life for him had been duty without passion, resisting sin without the hatred of it, performing works without love. I was not overcome with gratitude that Jesus was crucified because of my sin. Therefore, I didn't cry out daily, Father, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He says, I was a nice Christian, and nice Christians don't get rewards in heaven because they don't win battles. They don't win battles because they aren't even fighting. How many of us have become passive Christians? We just show up to church and God is good, amen, all the time. And all the time, God is good. And we go on about our week, never stepping out into the promises, the callings, the gifting, the anointing that God. Come on, you got the, whole, you got the Holy Spirit. Come on, am I talking to the right? You got the Holy Spirit, the same power that resurrected Jesus from the dead. It lives in me. I can't live a passive life. I wasn't called to live an ordinary life. I was it called to live an average life I was called to make works for the kingdom come on this is the year that we step out in faith amen I know it's cold but we came to have some church amen I put it this way walk by faith to not cave in fear come on this year we're gonna walk by faith and not let fear rule our life amen now, now, the book of Acts chapter 3 is absolutely, the book of Acts is absolutely incredible. Chapter 3, we have this story, and I absolutely love this story. Acts chapter 3, if you've been in church for more than five months, you've probably heard of this story. This story is famous around the world, and it's a beautiful story. We have Peter and John. Come on, Peter and John, they are legends, and uh, they are going to the temple to pray in Acts chapter 3. This is after Jesus has been crucified, after Jesus resurrected from the dead. The disciples, they're excited, they're full of boldness, and they're on the way to the temple to pray. On the way to the temple, they find a man who is lame. Somebody say lame. lame. The man is lame. He has problems, perhaps in his ankles, in his feet, he can't walk, and the man is being carried, and he gets dropped off at the gate called Beautiful. And he's been lame since birth. And daily, they put him at this gate, and he's a beggar. And he's asking for alms. He's asking for some change because he can't walk, he can't go to work, he can't hold a job, and so he's asking for some change at the gate called beautiful it's interesting sometimes an ugly thing in your life will keep you from the beautiful things that god has for you wow, he's right at the edge of the gate he's at the got the gate beautiful but he has an ugly condition and the ugly condition is keeping him from entering into all of god's fullness and sometimes we think that god don't mess with ugly how many know you you don't have to get your life correct to come to god you come to god and he makes your life correct some of us are on the shores of all that God has for us, but I just can't today. I can't join a connect group. I can't join Dream Team because I have this condition in my life. I have this issue in my life. And if people found out, they wouldn't want to talk to me. They wouldn't want me in their connect group because I'm crazy. <laughs> How many know God loves crazy? Am I thankful he saved some crazy people in this place? Come on, if you're a witness that God loves crazy people, why don't you give God a praise for a second and say, I'm thankful he loved me. I know you're holy, sanctified, cute, and chill right now, but we weren't always like that. Can I get an amen? amen? 
Vlad was vicious before. <laughs> and so we think that the ugly condition can't pass the beautiful gate. Now, I look at the story, and, and for me, for me, I'm, I'm going to interject my thoughts into the story for a moment because I think that there's fear all over this story. There's fear, and let's pick up on the fear before we pick up on the faith. I, I just put myself in that situation, and I'm like, some of them had to have fear, and I, I see fear in three different circumstances. Number one, I think about the fear of the lame man. The fear of the lame man. Imagine what it is to not be able to walk and you have to get carried every single day. You know you're a beggar. You know you, can, you depend on other people. And so there's daily fear in your life. Who's going to carry me today to the gate? Who's going to give me something so that maybe perhaps I can buy something to eat? And I can't even defend myself because I can't run after nobody. What if a thief shows up and steals everything that people give me? There must be fear ruling his life. What's going to happen to me? What's going to happen if perhaps he has a family to my children, to my wife? Fear is all over, I believe, this man. Somewhere in his thoughts, this is who I am, and I don't know how, what, where, why I'm here. Fear must have been ruling his life. There's the fear of the lame man. And the, this fear has consumed his life. This fear is ruling who he is. In fact, we don't even get a name for him. He's just known as the lame man. Because sometimes your condition is so bad, it will identify who you are. And some of us have become so used to the condition that is in our life. I'll always be the liar. I'll always be the cheater. I know my past wasn't that ugly, but right now I'm in an ugly situation. And you think that that ugly situation is always going to define your life. You identify, all of us in here and every single one of us watching, we can identify with him because we are all lame somewhere. Every single one, I know, I know, I know you want to look like a good Christian and a holy, sanctified, praising Jesus and you got your best winter, you got your Uggs on, you got, but how many know we are all lame somewhere, we all are crippled somewhere and we think that if somebody sees the crippleness in our life, they may not want to hang with us. They may not want to talk to us. And so we can identify to the fear of this. And at some point in our life, every single one of us, we've been afraid of what people may find out about us. Because I'm lame. I see, I see the fear in the lame man. I also see the fear of always staying the same. Number two, the fear of all, this man doesn't have hope that he's going to get better. There was possibly no surgery the way we have nowadays, no prosthetics. He didn't have medication. He was just a beggar by the gate called beautiful. What is the hope of this man? This is my lot in life. This is the way it's always going to be. What's going to happen to me 10 years from now, 15 years? My life will never improve. You ever thought that way of your life and your condition? I know I have, this is the way the marriage is always going to be. This is the way the family is always going to be. It's just, it's just the way it is. It's never going to change. And, and the fear of staying the same prevents you from believing God that perhaps a miracle can happen, that perhaps God can come and intervene. You can't even believe that far because you say this is the way it's always going to be. I'm always going to be the person that's broke. I'm always going to be the person that's addicted. I'm always going to be the person that's a liar. I'm always going to be the person known as such and such. You ever been there? In today's world, I, I really believe with all my heart as, 
Come on, we two of this series, we're talking about by faith. There's so many people that can't live by faith because they're living by fear. This is the way life is always going to be. And last but not least, because of time and Tyler's playing the keys in just a few seconds. (laughs) There's the fear of believing in the name. What I mean by that is that I suspect that Peter and John, although they were bold, they had to be somewhat afraid of persecution because they were living under Roman oppression. Israel was under the empire of Rome. And if you mentioned the name of Jesus, you would end up arrested and jailed, possibly punished or put to death. And so while Peter and John seemed like they had incredible boldness, I don't know, I just think that if I was Peter and John, I would be a little bit afraid of what may happen. And I put myself in the position of the layman as well because the layman knows If he puts his faith in Jesus and not in Caesar, he also has consequences that he's going to put. Oh, you don't believe in Caesar? Remember, in this time, if you study the history, you had to worship Caesar, not Jesus. And they actually gave worship to Caesar. And so this lame man, as he hears Peter and John, if he puts faith in Jesus, he may end up put to death as well. There's fear all over the story. Now there's fear, but but I believe that the Bible tells us, do not fear. Do not fear. In fact, one commentator says that, supposedly it says, do not fear, or some reference type of that, 365 times in our Bible. So that every single day, you would have some recollection that God is for you, and you don't have to live afraid. You don't have to let fear rule your spirit. Amen? And so although I see fear in the story, I also see faith in the story. Let's talk about faith now as we wrap this up. we got about 10 minutes left. Okay, what does the Bible say in this story about faith? Because if we're going to live by faith, if we're going to see what God wants to do in our life throughout this year, you have to let faith rule your spirit. You have to walk by faith, not by Okay. So what are some things we can pick up from the story? I'm sure you can go home. Some of you preach way better than me. You can make a list of this. Of all the things that you see here, I'll share three things that I picked up in the story. Go home and see what else you pick up. But I I see number one, we got to see that we need the greater presence in our life. Number one, the greater, somebody say the greater presence. What I see is the faith in the offer of Peter and John. What do I mean? That although Peter and John maybe, perhaps, possibly had fear, the greater presence was faith instead of fear. Hear me out. I I think faith and fear can coexist. Faith and fear can live together. Having faith doesn't mean that you don't have fear. Who said that? Where do you see that? I think having faith is saying, I'm going to believe God in spite of what fear tells me. And so I'm not telling you that this year you won't have fear. What I'm telling you is that you need a greater presence of faith in your life instead of fear. I'm not going to listen to fear. I'm going to listen to faith. Faith and fear both have something in common. They both ask you to believe in something that may happen. And I'm going to choose to believe faith over fear because I live by faith. Pastor Rick Warren, he said this, courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is moving ahead in spite of your fear. Just because there's presence of doubt does not mean there's presence of faith. You can have faith and have fear at the same time. 
But what I'm going to do is that I'm going to believe God more than I'm going to believe my fears. Are you following along so far, church? Peter and John, although they possibly had some fear, they stepped out in their faith. And they offered this man something that possibly could get them troubled, could get them arrested, could get them murdered. And if you follow the story, they do end up getting arrested for healing this man. But they chose faith over fear. What will you choose in 2023? Come on, in your personal life, in your marriage, for the future that God has for you, will you choose fear or will you choose faith? I'm making a decision at the very beginning of this year to say, I want to live by faith. I know there's going to be some dark nights. I know there's going to be some moments this year where I may not see my way through, but I live by faith, not by sight. And so in the offer, there's a greater presence of faith than there is fear. You can read this and, and never think for a moment that they had any fear in their offer because faith was more present than fear. Now, I, I believe that God sees his believers, his followers, his disciples, and how we move. God, God sees this. You want God to do great things in your life? He's looking at your faith. Are you following me? Do you have faith or fear? I'll give you a story. In Matthew chapter 9, they brought another paralytic to Jesus. And look what the Bible says in verse 2. Behold, some people brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. And when Jesus saw their Come on, now, come on, like if you had a coffee at least. I know we're fasting. You have no carbs, no croquetas, but come on. And when Jesus saw their he said to the paralytic, take heart, my son, your sins are forgiven. It's not the faith of the man that was, that was paralyzed. It's the faith of the people who brought him. If we're going to be a church that changes families, that changes marriages, that changes our community, that changes the world, we're going to have to need some faith on the inside. When he saw their faith, when he saw their faith, he's looking at our faith. You could be scared to death, but do it afraid anyways. Tell your neighbor, walk it out. Charles Spurgeon, the incredible preacher of the 1800s, said, if we want blessings from God, nothing can fetch them down except faith. Prayer cannot draw down answers from God's throne except it's through the earnest prayer of a man who believes. Faith is the ladder on which my soul must walk to ascend heaven. If I break that ladder, ladder how can I ever approach my God? Faith is the angelic messenger between the soul and, I lost my place in the confidence mind, and between my soul and heaven, let the angel be withdrawn. I can neither send prayers up nor can receive the answers down. Faith is the telegraphic wire which links earth and heaven on which God's blessings move so fast that before we call, he answers. And while we are yet speaking, he, he it's by faith. Peter and John, they walked by faith and they offered in faith, possibly in spite of their fear. This year, this is what I'm going to tell you. Let faith be greater than your fear. Let faith be greater than your fear. And you don't need to have big faith. Alex, but I wish I had faith like Vlad. I mean, he's a warrior. I see him up there in the front. Remember the disciples, they couldn't take out a boy who had a, a demon. They couldn't cast out the demon. And when they approached Jesus, he says, oh, you a little faith. If you had faith like a mustard seed. But he just told them they had little faith. And he said, if you had a little faith, you would move it. It's like, Jesus, you're not making sense. 
Are you fasting again 40 days? You're not making no sense. <laughs> Little faith, what he means there is you have the wrong type of faith. You were trusting your own power instead of the power of Jesus. If you just had a little bit of faith in who he was, you could tell that mountain move and it will move. Si tuvieras fe como un grano de oh, come on. If you had faith like a mustard seed, Pastor Rick Warren said, oh, a little faith with a big God equals great results. This year, you, you don't need to have great faith and I'm gonna go take over the planet. <laughs> I just believe God for my daily life. Number one, we see the greater presence. Number two, we see the greater possibility. We're about to finish. I know I said that two times already, but the greater possibility. I, I, I don't only see the, the faith in the offer. I also see the faith in the receiver. Because, because, come on, let's get in the story. The layman, what he wanted was change. He wanted silver and gold. He just wanted something to possibly order some pizza later on that night he just wanted some pizza rolls to chill with his kids later on that night he just wanted some pita chips and hummus later on that night what he didn't know is that God had a greater answer than he ever expected and so sometimes we're praying for something when God has something greater you want something good but God has something great can you have faith to believe that if he answered answered your way it's because he has a great better way come on somebody I want to have faith in 2023 that I don't I don't I don't get what I want God has something better in store for me you may not get the job yet but perhaps it's because he has a business for you you may not get the healing yet but possibly he's using your life as a testimony to touch the world oh come on always with God is something better but you gotta live by what if God always answered our prayers our way we would miss out his answers that's why Proverbs chapter 3 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths. Trust in the Lord. Trust, we learned last week, is the same as faith. Believe him, he'll make your way straight. He wanted some change. He didn't know he was going to get some real change in his life. But you got to have faith to receive what God has for you. A lot of us only have faith to receive what we want for us. I have faith. You have faith for your own prayer request. You have faith for your answers. But do you have faith for the greater that God may have? 2023, I wonder if God has something greater for us, church. I don't know. I just, I just want to stir up faith in my spirit and say, God, God, my prayer request sometimes I think seems so small to what you can do when I read scripture. Calvary, you believe? Come on. Do we, do we believe what we read? Like this is a real God. And our prayer requests sometimes make them seem so little. Here we are begging for change when God wants to make us walk. The Bible says that there was a woman in the Gospels who came up to Jesus and asked for healing for his, her daughter. And Jesus testing her basically told her to leave. And she's like, well, even dogs, they get the crumbs of the table. I'm not leaving. I'm getting something from you, Jesus. Some of us are not that desperate for God. Some of us got to get a little bit more desperate this year to say, God, give me a blessing this year. Give, you got to move in my life. Do you have faith to receive what God has for you? Matthew chapter 15, then Jesus answered her. Oh, woman, great is your 
faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. I have faith to receive what God has for me. I want to have greater faith this year. Not in size, but in quality. Not in quantity, in quality. Pastor Tony Evans, he said, this is the OG, the GOAT. Accepting Christ takes you to heaven. Living by faith brings heaven to you. So the problem today is that there are too many unbelieving believers. People who are believers, but they live unbelievingly. Come on, can we believe there's a greater possibility that God has something better? And in his timing, in his schedule, he's going to give us the better answer. Amen? We'll finish with this last one. There was the greater presence. There was the greater possibility. And then number three, what we need in 2023, it's the greater power. The greater power. Peter and John, when they approached this lame man, notice that they don't use Jesus. They know Jesus. There's a difference between trying to use Jesus and having a personal relationship with Jesus. And so what I feel is that many of us, what we do when we're in trouble, like a flat tire, we open up the trunk and call on Jesus. When we get fired, when the marriage doesn't work out, when the doctor gives us a bad report, Jesus! I've never seen people running to God more than when they're scared in life. And sometimes fear, God allows fear in your life because it's the only thing that's going to make you run up to the platform and call on his name. And he's saying, good, that's great, but don't just call on my name, get to know my name. There's a difference between calling on his name and knowing the name you're calling. Are you following along so far? You can call on a name, but there's difference when you know the name you're calling. I can say, Adam, help me. I don't know Adam. If I don't know Adam, I'm glad I'm calling him. Adam! He's a good guy. I've seen him. Awesome. But when I know Adam, and I know the power that Adam has, Adam! My Apple phone is the word. He's a tech-savvy guy. Like I, I just know if there's anybody that can fix anything, it's Adam. Adam! My phone's acting up. I have no idea. But I know his power. Some of us are calling on Jesus like a magic formula. Peter and John never used the name of Jesus as a magic phrase. In fact, if you look at the book of Acts, there are the sons of Scevio who use Jesus as a magic phrase and the demons jump on them because you don't know Jesus. You can't just use Jesus like a spare tire. You better know this Jesus. And so when they call on the name of Jesus, they know the power behind that name. In fact, if you follow along and you read the sermon that we just read, and he keeps on preaching in chapter 3, like Peter knows this Jesus. He said he's the righteous one, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He actually exalted the servant Jesus. He calls him the author of life. He knows the Jesus that he's calling. He's not just calling on a mystical figure. He's calling on somebody that he has a personal relationship. He's saying, Jesus, it's my foundation. Jesus is the one that fills my life. Jesus is the one that saved me. Jesus is the one that redeemed me. It is only Jesus. It wasn't Muhammad. It wasn't Buddha. It wasn't Confucius. It wasn't anybody else. It was Jesus. And he knows the power behind the name of, you ever notice nobody has a problem if you call on the name of Buddha. We can get on national TV and talk about Buddha and they're like, oh, I love that young man talking about Buddha. That's awesome. You can go on national TV and talk about Confucius. 
What does Confucius say? I don't know. Everybody's confused still. <laughs> Another corny joke. You can call every day, but when you call upon the name of Jesus, there's something in the name of Jesus. Oh, you got to know the power behind the name of Jesus. When you call on the name of Jesus, the Bible says that demons begin to tremble. When you call on the name of Jesus, when you know this Jesus, the Bible says that darkness has to go in the name of Jesus. Oh, come on. And here's the thing. Peter and John did not have silver and gold. But when they came up to the lame man, he says, silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Get up and walk. You can only give what you have. Peter says, oh, I may not have what you want, but I have something that possessed me. I have something that gripped my soul. His name is stay standing really quick Philippians chapter 2 therefore God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above come on the name that is above so that the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father you got to know there's a greater power this year we're not walking by faith in our intelligence we're not walking by faith in our strength. We're not walking by faith in how I got out of stuff in 2022. Because some of us are clever and witty. And you're like, oh, my family didn't find out about this. I'm going to do this again this year. Oh, the IRS didn't know I added a second child and I only got one. You know how we overcome this year? By faith in Jesus. By faith in Jesus. It's not by faith in Alex. It's not by faith in Claudia. It's not by faith in Arlene. It's not by faith in any of our power. But there's a greater power that we call on. And we know this power. I want to finish with this story. Peter, I think, Peter was well acquainted with the lame man. I think Peter could relate to the man at the gate called Beautiful because although Peter was never lame in his feet, no. Peter was lame in his faith many times in his life. Oh, Peter failed over and over and over again. And if you, you recall the Gospel Matthew, there's a point where the disciples are on a boat and they're by themselves. And the winds and the waves, they're crashing onto the boat. And somewhere in the middle of the storm, in the middle of the night, they see a figure walking to them. And it's Jesus walking on water. And he says, oh, do not be frightened. It is only I. And Peter says, Jesus, if it's you, call me out into the water. And Jesus says, come. And Peter, full of faith, he steps out of the boat and he begins to walk on the water. But in just a few moments, the presence of fear decreased, of faith decreased, and the presence of fear increased. And I think the sound of the winds and the waves were louder than the sound of Jesus. And he began to sink. But in Peter's story, it's the hand of Jesus that reached out, grabbed him, 
and picked them up. And after perhaps a couple of years, Peter went from having lame faith to now walking on water. The Peter that we see in Acts chapter 3 is a wave walker. He's learned through all these situations in life how to have faith in Jesus in spite of the fear. And so the Peter that we see in Acts chapter 3, he's walking on waves now. He's walking in the midst of criticism. He's walking on top of being ostracized. He's walking on top of being persecuted. He's walking on top of trials and testing. He's become a wave walker. And I believe that what Jesus wants to do in 2023 is make us walk on waves. Some of us are still walking on a solid surface and he's saying, I need you to walk it out. I know there's fear. I know there's crazy circumstances, but he's calling us out. I need you to walk out. I need you to walk by faith. Walk it out this year, walk it out. And I sense in my heart and I sense in my spirit that every single one of us, at one point in our life, we need God Almighty to call us from the shores of safety into the winds and the waves and to trust Him. God calls us out. God called, He called out Abraham out of his tent. He called Moses out of the desert. He called David out of taking care of sheep. He called Mary out of obscurity. He called Elizabeth out of old age and barrenness. He called Peter out of being a fisherman. He called Matthew out from the tax collecting table. And I believe that today he's calling us out. With every eye closed, every hand raised, I believe that. With every eye closed, every head bowed, if you're here today. Come on, as the church is praying, eyes closed, head bowed. If you're here today and you say, Alex, I don't know Jesus. I feel far from Jesus. I feel far from God. I don't have a personal relationship with God. I don't have a personal relationship with God. If you're in here today and you don't have a personal relationship with God, you feel far, you feel distant from God. You feel like He wants nothing to do with you. I want to tell you today, God loves you. More than you can imagine, more than you can think. It's not a coincidence that you're here. It's not a coincidence that you're watching. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. The Bible says that every single one of us were sinners. I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. And the Bible says that our sin separates us from God. God loves us, but he can't be with sin. And so we have a sin problem. I've sinned. You've sinned. We've all sinned. The Bible says, for all have sinned and fallen short of God's standard. Sin is the barrier between us and God, but God so loved the world that he sent his only son, Jesus. And the Bible says, for whoever believes or has faith in him will not die, but have everlasting life. Come on, this morning, before we go, with every eye closed, every head bowed. Today, if you're saying, Alex, I've had more faith in my failures, more faith in my fears. I felt like God wants nothing to do with me. You know what you've done. Nobody knows you better than yourself. But today you're saying, I want a brand new beginning. I want forgiveness for my sins. The Bible says repent. And what that means is to turn around from the direction that we were going. He wants to give you a new direction. He wants to make your path straight. With every eye closed, with every head bowed, whether you're here or watching online, if you're saying, Alex, I need Jesus. Alex, I need forgiveness. Today, I want a relationship with God. If that's you, every eye closed, every head bowed, come on, in a moment of prayer, in a moment of privacy. If you're saying, today, I need forgiveness. 
I want to put my faith in Jesus. I want a new start in life. I want to repent. I'm going to count to three. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. Whether you're here or watching online, you raise your hand, God sees you. Hold it up high enough, long enough for me to see you so I know who I'm praying for, and then you can put it right back down. At the count of three, you raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise your hand, raise your hand, raise your hand. You're saying, Alex, I need Jesus. Alex, I need forgiveness. I see you, I see you, I see you, I see you. I see you, I see you, I see you, I see you. I see you, I see you, I see you, I see you. I see you, I see you. God bless you. God bless you. Amazing, amazing, amazing. You can put your hands down online. You can put your hands down. God sees you where you're at. With every eye closed, every head bowed, repeat this prayer with me. In fact, we're all going to repeat it out loud as one big family. Eyes closed, head bowed. Come on, let's say this in one loud voice. Say, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. Today I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God, that you died for my sins, and on the third day, you resurrected. Come into my life, be my Lord, and be my Savior. Come on, from today on, I'm forgiven, I'm saved, and I'm healed. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, Calvary, can we give God a big, big hand? Thank you, BJ. Come on, how good is it? To start a relationship with Jesus as we start 2023, if you raise your hand, hands went up everywhere. We have a gift for you outside. Pass by the Connect Tent. Before you join a Connect group, there's a Connect Tent. We got the best people out there. We have a gift for you. Uh, inside this bag, you're going to see a free coffee mug, a free notebook, and a free Bible. No strings attached. If you don't want to even give your number, you don't have to. It's a free gift from us to you. We believe God loves you, and we want to come alongside of you. Take somebody. If you, 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 were, you were supposed to be praying, but you peeked open, and you know your neighbor. Raise your hand. Take them out by the tent and get them this free gift in Jesus' name. Come on. Hug up somebody next to you. Let's sing this out one more time. I'll never walk alone. Father, we love you. Go before us this week. God, let your glory shine upon our face. We love you. We thank you. We give you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Give somebody a hug. Give somebody a hug.